Hey boy, how's it going? Yep, yep, it's that time of week again. I know it's flown by. It really has. And that's that's a good thing, these podcasts to uh, seem to be coming around sooner and sooner each week, which means, of course, I'm one step closer to getting back in the ring. So that's fantastic. These podcasts just keep keep rolling over, keep going quickly. And it really is just cutting my time and my time seems to be flying by, which is fantastic. It's all thanks to you guys just listening. So, yeah, it is that time of week again. Another episode of Morgan Webster's Wrestling Friends. As always, as always, I am the mod father of professional wrestling, Morgan Webster. Or for the next 45 minutes, to the hour, to the hour and a half, I am your host. Or as I like to see it, you already know the drill. Facilitator. Through his chats, discussions, gatherings. You know me. I love that word. Don't use any other word. I don't say anything but gatherings with your wrestling favourites. Or as I like to call them, my buddies, my pals. Of course, as the podcasting tells, my wrestling friends. Of course, this podcast comes to you free, free for free, free of charge every Wednesday on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or wherever, wherever you get your podcasts from. But please be sure to rate, subscribe, review, because I do have a competition over on uh, Facebook at the moment. If you uh, do go onto iTunes, and how to do that, because some people get a bit confused, how to do that is over on uh, my Facebook. Go over there, have a look, enter this competition, because just leaving uh, a line, give me a, maybe a Dave Meltzer five star, and maybe a line or two with a little bit of a review automatically enters you into a competition where you could win a t-shirt and hey, i tell you what i'm actually going to give out a few prints i've got a few of these uh, portrait of wrestler signed prints left so i'll give a little few of those out so please definitely jump over to itunes soundcloud wherever will it's going to be itunes jump over to itunes leave a review dave melts right up as i already said and hopefully you can win uh you can win a t-shirt that'd be great win a free t-shirt take you 30 seconds win a t-shirt no strings attached, just a t-shirt. Won't have to pay for posting packaging. I'll do that myself. Absolutely free. So definitely go do that. Not just because you win a t-shirt, but it helps me out. Helps us push our way up those iTunes lists. Does open me up to new listeners. Because as long as those viewers, those listeners keep going up, I'll keep making this podcast. Even when I get better, I'll probably keep making this podcast because I'm enjoying doing it. Speaking of free, we're able to do that thanks to this week's sponsor, suplexapparel.com. Head over there, I have a brand new winter range. I'm going to go into a bit more detail with that during the show. You know, I love to put those little those little jingles in the middle. So yeah, definitely jump over to suplexapparel.com and check them out. Their new winter range is lovely. Got uh, They've got these lovely new flannel shirts, which um, I'm going to probably, yep, yeah, 100%, I'm going to pop down to see uh, Joel down in Suplex City down on the weekend. So I'm probably going to pick up a few things there. Maybe, hopefully, get out of the way of getting uh, post and packaging, just by heading down, have a chat with him, record a podcast, and probably pick up a few goodies, because the new winter range looks amazing. But yeah, they're able to do that, thanks to our friends over at suplexapparel.com, definitely go check those out. And we're also able to do it because you guys help us out as well, over at morganwebs.bigcartel.com. So please head over to morganwebs.bigcartel.com, pick up a t-shirt, pick up a print, pick up whatever... What you do over there really helps me keep this podcast free and helps me on my road to recovery. Of course, if you do want to shout out, maybe you maybe a little bit skate, maybe you can't afford to give out a bit of dough, then please head over to social media on the Twitter, Flash underscore Morgan. I'm also on the Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Flash Morgan Webster. And also as well, if you do if you don't want to give it a tweet, I do love seeing those tweets. I do love seeing your your Facebook posts. But if you don't want to do it, you want to be a bit more discreet. Or hey, maybe you want to be band of the week. Maybe you want to play out play us out like this week's band, then head over to flashmorgan at live.co.uk. Drop me a little message on there. Let me know about the band or help. Just tell me you're enjoying the show. Love to see those emails. Love to hear your band of the week. Got a great one this week, which I'll, again, I'll go into more details after the conversation. But yeah, please do that. Twitter, Facebook, email, whatever. Big thanks to Suplex Wrestling. 
Big thanks to you guys for keeping this going. Big thanks for making me not have to pull my hair out because these weeks seem to be flying by because you guys are listening. It's absolutely great. And yeah, and thanks for anyone who's bought anything over at uh, BigCartel.com. I might have uh, Wrestling Friends t-shirts coming out. I might, I might. Keep your eyes peeled for that. And also, of course, my Best of Morgan Webster DVD will be out in the next week or two ready for Christmas. So yeah, definitely head over there. Definitely check that out. But now... Now the plugs are out of the way. Now the now the cheek pops, whatever. Now the, the gratitude is out of the way. You know, all that stuff is out of the way. It's all done. It's all done. It's all, it's all, it's all gone. Take a second. Relax. Pop in those headphones. Turn up the radio if you're in the car. Who knows? And sit back and listen to this absolutely lovely, and it is really lovely, conversation with ICW Progress Wrestling, wherever you've probably seen him all over the place, The Iron Man. Joe Coffee. This one is an absolute beauty. Enjoy, guys. I know I did. I'm joined here today by uh, Joe Coffee. Good Joe. evening. Thank you very much for coming on the show. Oh, thank you. Uh, how I usually start these is, and I've said it, I've said it away a million times, is we've met each other, we've been on shows. Mm-hmm. Of course, you know each other a little bit before you meet each other because social media is stuff like that. But you never ever get to sit down and go, how did you start? How did you get interested? And them conversations really never yeah, ever come yeah, about. Yeah. So, this, again, it's got the start because this is a brilliant place to start, isn't it? Of course, of course. So how did you get into wrestling or become a fan of wrestling? Um, I was a fan of wrestling from the age of about four or five, I think. And I remember I was around at my cousin's and it was on TV. I think it was actually just a VHS or something like that because I think the, the, I remember the match was uh, Big Boss Man versus Nails and I think it was like a loser goes to jail. Okay. or something like that but I never just instantly seen it and going what is this and then like in the corner he had like the Yokozuna figure and the British Bulldog like the old Hasbro ones and I was just like this is amazing and from there on was just instantly hooked um, from wrestling and then obviously progressing and stuff like I kind of oh, like I was born in 88 so I'd been about uh, what 12 13 or something like that around the time with the attitude era. Yeah. So I was just like, it was the best time ever. Like, I never, me and my brother Mark, our Friday nights used to consist of like getting in from school, getting a pizza, and then just like flicking between the TNT channel, the movie channel, and Sky Sports 1 or 3 or whatever, wherever it was on, just with Nitro Raw, Nitro oh, really? Raw, Nitro Raw. It was amazing because it was like Nitro started at 9, so you get like an hour of Nitro, and then Raw started at 10. Uh, at night and it was just constant flicking you know flicking words I remember when it got a bit more risky though uh, my folks sat down like and I was just like oh, what's, we watch the wrestling with you was, like, All right. the Val Venus segments like with like the, towel the, the preacher's yeah. wife and yeah, stuff, yeah. yeah and like in between that there was also adverts for the Playboy channel on <laughs> the dad were like like, like they're they're like we were like born from like Irish Catholic and fuck, uh, families and whatever, and uh, so it's all strict and all that. But like, they were like, oh, I don't, I don't think you should be watching this. <laughs> all that, and I was like, no, no, it's just wrestling. It's just wrestling. So, um, no, I, I, that was a, like a vivid memory from from like childhood, and then progressing onwards. Like um, I've myself, Mark, and uh, Jackie Pole, Mark's tag partner, basically yeah, my, my, my best my yeah. best friend. Uh, like legit as in like we, we've known each other since about four or five since we started like primary one kindergarten together in nursery or whatever you want to call it and uh, like we were like that would still be our Friday nights like uh, we'd get in and watch Raw and stuff like that and uh, 
we got a bit curious and it's like you know he'd be in the, the living room and I, I remember it was like after a pay-per-view and it was myself Jackie and my mate Tony and we set like a it was just like a duvet down so it was like yeah. the ring and I remember like Jackie picked me up for like the gut range power the swagger ball yeah, yeah. and like there was a, uh, like a small step ladder that I just missed like he flung me and like my legs went over my head and <laughs> my wrestling career could have ended at any <laughs> point before it even started obviously do not try this at home did not apply at that time but like he was like yes yeah, swagger bomb and I was like <gasps> he was like I'm so sorry I'm so sorry <laughs> I think that's pretty net as well that it's Jackie who's picking you up and just flinging you just, just flung me about he's, he's yeah. pretty much made a he's made a name for himself just to oh yeah just scoop, just scoop slamming people so it's, uh, it's, it's in his nature and then as we progressed um, like I always played rugby at a really high standard like from like I started quite young and then uh, was going through like uh, Glasgow age grade and the Scotland set like the set up and stuff like for age grade rugby like 16, 17, 18. So you, were you in your head were you going to play professional Well that, that's what I wanted like I'd done a couple of like it's supposed to be like Glasgow development games so like the like it would be the next stage would be getting some kind of contract to an academy or, or something like that but it never it, it might have happened if it stuck a bit longer and uh, I just thought it might have happened soon I was getting a bit impatient I actually fell out of love of rugby for a wee bit and at that point I think it was 21 I'm 28 now and I think it was Jackie who was pushing it because when we were at school like he was originally he was looking up stuff and he was like TNA I've got like office jobs and stuff like that and I was like that's how I'm going to get in like, and then he was like in ROH like a training school and stuff. Yeah, the, the camps, and yeah, yeah yeah going to look at that and then we eventually found he eventually found SWA at the time which was in Linwood and Paisley and he was like I'm, I'm going to start and I was like, like we've got that kind of relationship where it's like we'll push each other to do stuff so uh, we're like well, I'll do it with you like, and we need to try it you know we can't not try it and we went I remember we, we actually get booked on our first day of training which is insane like what insane like so we walked in and like athletic and all that and then like the, the the guy who run the training school and the promotion at the time conscience which is like you guys fancy a spot in our battle zone and I was like what's our battle zone and he was like well, it's like a royal rumble and I was like yeah and I remember we went home that day and I was like wow this is this is amazing <laughs> this is easy yeah. so like I was just like no that that surely is no it's not going to be that easy and obviously like the more you progress, you realise it's not that easy. So, yeah. and ever as well, like it was a different. The first day of training, I remember we went see we had tickets to go see Jimmy Carr that night, and we both fell asleep. Like our first day of training was just exhausting. Uh, they must, I think they were testing us a wee bit and just putting like running us through the ringer. But I remember like looking at uh, Jackie and going, "This is a different type of pain than rugby." <laughs> And obviously, seven years later, it's very much a, a different pain. So that's how we how we get started um, uh, wrestling. Anyway, from fan to, to was was the, the training in ring? Yeah, like uh, I remember going to the training school, and it was the busiest I'd ever seen it that day. I don't. I actually think one of the other training schools were getting done up, which was BCW at the time, and there was a few guys because I never seen Wolfgang there, but he was never. He was never like a product of SWA. Yes. He, was, he was the other training school, 
and uh, it was really busy and like they started like we're going to do 200 squats today and uh, we are convinced to this day that they have never done 200 squats in their life like in that at that time in training yeah. but they were just like we're going to push these guys and test but then we got to do some stuff in the ring we learned like a bit of free wrestling and things and I remember just taking like the bumping about and doing break falls like a duck to water type thing it was like I think it just because we were so transfixed and always constantly watching wrestling it, it almost became like a second nature like it just it just felt right do you know what I mean so um, it was I remember it being a lot of fun like the early days of training were great and it was I remember we started uh, the so we'd been Wrestlemania 25 so we started like the week before Wrestlemania 25 we started the week and then the next week SWA had the show it was like an over 18s type thing and it was like the way you would do like a show and then you'd show the pay-per-view afterwards right. so we, we were watching that but so I think I trained from then up until it was about Christmas time and then oh no sorry it was the, I trained for the whole summer and then I had to go back to rugby for the club I was playing Got for you. and it was like in the back of my head I was all like I there's just I, there's something not right here I need to go back to it and I think it got up to about the December and at the t- uh, I remember Demo who who's starting to kind of take over the training school um, messaged me and he went we've got Fergal Devitt and Johnny Moss coming in for a, like a double weekend camp and Fergal was like so this would have been 2009 he wasn't the name that he was when he left the independence. He had just done his Euro two. Yeah, yeah, and he he'd just been st- like he he started New Japan a year or so before, but like I'd watched his stuff and thought he was he was really different at the time, like really really different, and uh, and obviously uh, Jerry Moss was just is so respected as well. So that like I remember I got the message and I was actually I'd finished up uni and everything and I was. Uh, I didn't go through with what I was studying. And I just, what were you studying? I was studying uh, English journalism, and I think one of the topics, the other topics, uh, sorry, classes was law. Um, like finished up, but just didn't want. To, I wanted to go to go into print journalism, like broadsheet. Yeah. Like um, what ideally it would have been sport, because the sport journalist has a great life, going to like all different events and you know football, rugby, athletics, whatever. And that was a kind of a, a dream job, but it, at that time everything was transferring over to social media, and there was just a huge cutback on any yeah, kind of. Yeah, of course, I imagine that a lot of stuff. So I went. I'd, I'd always been told, "Don't oh, be a good personal trainer and stuff like that." And I'd always thought, "Well, maybe it was a. It wasn't a backup plan, but I was going to go and get qualified anyway." So I remember I was sitting in the class, uh, and we were doing like anatomy and physiology, and my phone went. I just went. I looked under the table, and I was like, "Oh wow, Fergal David, Johnny Moss." I remember I called up my rugby coach and I went, look, uh, everything's been great uh, thus far, but um, I think we're going to take a break from rugby for a while. I think that's me done. He was, like, he was just laughing. He was like, why? Like, Where's this come from? I went, I need to go become a professional wrestler. <laughs> and he was just laughing like, good luck. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And then from that moment on, that whole camp changed everything uh, like I've tweeted about it a couple of times but that whole camp changed absolutely everything the way I thought it was just tunnel vision from then on in like that experience from that weekend I was just like nope this is it and I'll like I'll credit both of them to just like totally turning everything around and like the focus shifted from any other sport and it was just pro wrestling from, from then on in so 
when did you start making that transition then from being a trainee and started like working around Scotland? Well, I guess it wouldn't just be in Scotland. Yeah, Scotland. like the first year, you'd be like bookings every other couple of weeks or whatever, and then it was just like, it was just trying to get out of Scotland as well. Like at the time, England was had the huge scene. You know, there was like one PW and things like that, and you want to get on the bigger shows. Like I never ever worked for one PW or anything like that, but um, I just wanted to try and get out more but obviously wanted to work other Scottish companies as well because like uh, PBW they were great set up at the time they always put like uh, Ross always put on these huge like big shows and things like that a lot of production went yeah. into it so those were the, like at that point that was like small goals to, to get but you know I think when you start you've always got big aspirations and things and like Japan was always one that I wanted to go to like anywhere and obviously America and things and get about Europe but like it was just it's just building up reputation and I, and f- at the start like the basics came fairly fairly naturally and quick but then in-ring psychology took a while for me I think anyway yeah. like things didn't start there was just one day it just went oh right that's it and it was like a year and a half and like I used to constantly worry like especially in things like tag matches I'd be like trying to remember everyone else what they were <laughs> doing and I'm like I don't, I'm forgetting what I'm doing and I'm like but he needs to be there and I think that's why I prefer like being just a straight a straight up singles wrestler mm-hmm. like in fact me and my brother Mark actually had a a breakdown last week because we're we're being uh, there's a few places we're still tagging and stuff like that and obviously Mark and Jackie are trying to build their brand and I want to do one thing and he was like I was like oh we're talking about tagging he went look I was trying to spare your feelings, but you're a selfish wrestler. And I was like, yeah, I'm selfish. That's why I'm a single wrestler. And he was that's like, why we're wrestlers. Yeah, that's why I'm a wrestler. And he was like, you just want to do everything in the tag match. And I was like, okay, okay, I understand, I understand. Um, but yeah, it was just wanting to get out there and like slowly learning. And like I, a huge thing I like, and I still do to this day, is I'll try to go to every guest seminar that I can possible because um, I think it's just so important to to take aspects from everything yeah. you might only pick up a little thing but it's just the little things that count like I can tell you how many guest seminars I've been to from like all wrestlers like, across the planet in fact me and myself and Jonathan Gresham chatted about that and, like, I was about to say to be honest with you yeah. I, I would, I've been to quite a few yeah. I did one with Gresham about yeah. four or five years ago yeah. and the one with Gresham changed how I looked at wrestling yeah 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 he's, so, he's really really smart and uh, he's someone who should be a lot like I, I would love to see him uh, Gresham the Cruiserweight Classic I'd I, love I tr- to see that I tweeted out I think it was about a couple months ago and I went I don't care what says John Gresham is one of the most underrated wrestlers and I put in big words the world today because I know oh, he is oh totally but I remember we were talking about it in uh, in the dojo in Zero One we are just like yeah still go to seminars because he was like yeah because we can still we're always learning and stuff like that like I know I <sighs> I would never like to get to the point where you think you know it all because you really don't. Like something could happen in the ring and just be like, well, what, what was I thinking? <laughs> but the, the, uh, the business is always changing and evolving as well. So oh, of course, you. of course. I mean, like for me, like especially just looking at wrestling now in 2016, like it's flipped on its head. Like there was sometimes like, at, like for example, like on Friday I was I worked Cody Rhodes wrestling Cody Rhodes. Just think this is bizarre. Like. And he is just a total gent, a cool guy, just a, just a, a nice guy. But 
like you just take a wee step back and like I think maybe seven years ago I go this is bizarre like what's going on and especially with with like ICW um, with Fergal or Finn Balor yeah. coming back like a WWE guy who was literally the champion I, yeah. contracted but he's going to be on like one of the the biggest shows in Europe <laughs> so it's just I think I think I felt I was like I was like uh, a guy who two months ago a guy who was on the contract who two months ago was the the main brand champion mm-hmm. is going to be a major part of you an independent wrestling it's promotion. Bizarre and it's it's a good thing you know it's like and especially because of social media and the internet like the world is a lot smaller now but. I suppose WWE's universe is a lot bigger and yeah. it's really entertaining and it's it's great to see that there's this there's a lot of like meshing of styles and and like different uh, like I suppose territories and, and yeah. whatever so it's, 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 it's evolving as we speak and it's, uh, it's it's fun to watch. Uh you spoke about being in the dojo with Gresham. How did uh, how did uh, Zero One come about and uh, did you how much did you learn? From zero one. Yeah, um, well, I think it was uh, Paul Tracy had set it up. Uh, basically, zero one were looking for foreign talent, uh, and they'd set up like a European tryout camp, but it, it was in Dublin. Um, and I think there was like there was like forty forty odd folk there. That, part of me that turned up for it, and uh, I I just in my head I was like I'm I'm winning this. This is this is mine. And I think they what happened was the winner. I think it was one or two winners they get sponsored to go to Japan, to, to Japan. so I was like I, I just tunnel vision and I'd, I'd done a fair bit of training for it like I knew what I, I was in for like with the bodyweight squats and the Hindu push-ups and all, all the kind of conditioning stuff and I just did tunnel vision I was like I'm, I'm going to win this and it, in the back of my head like that's I think that's with a good thing with competitive sports and stuff. Like if you if you've got that mentality, then you know it's going to help you maintain your focus for it. And I just went with the attitude that I, I'm winning this, and like there was there was nothing stopping me. Like in my head, it was like no, I, I'm I'm doing this, <coughs> and I've got this. I remember the night before I couldn't get sleep though, and it was like we had an eight a.m. flight. I was still up at five a.m. and I'm like, oh no, I've ruined it. I've ruined my chances. There's no way I'm going to stay awake for this. But you just like, especially like. Uh, if you take it before shows and stuff like that and you're beat up, you're injured, but when the, when you're ready and you're good to go, something switch, switches yeah. on and it's go time. So it was it was like that as well. I remember doing it, it was freezing and I was actually kind of looking forward to the squats. I was like, right, we're getting stuck into these squats, we're just going to do it. And I remember, I think one of the things that, that uh, Nakamura, who are, is part of one, not Shinsuke Nakamura, but a, a different Nakamura who's in the office, and uh, some of the other guys liked the fact that when we were squatting, there was people who were getting lazy, and they weren't like going. What I would say, like, with that, yeah. yeah, with a Hindu squat, with a parallel position with ninety degrees, and I started shouting at them. I won't repeat what I because I don't like to swear a lot, but I won't repeat what I said. But it really pissed me off. I was like, "You showed up, and you're not putting a hundred percent effort in." And like, I know it's zero one, especially like they like the heart, and that's essentially where. Like I think people get mixed up with all strong style is and things like that, but the the main thing about Japanese wrestling is heart, soul, and like a will, a will to fight. Yeah. So that's that's something that they picked. Fighting, fighting yeah, spirit, yeah. Essentially, that's what they picked up on. Um, and the tryout went really well. We had a couple of, like I think we had like five minute tryout matches, but I don't think that was like the main thing. It was just like 
what they could what they could do with you. And then eventually, so out the winners, I think it was myself and a guy, uh, Phil Boyd, who won the chance to go over. And then going over was was great itself. I remember actually the the day of. Uh, I was leaving Glasgow and it was the 12th of July which in Glasgow is a great day to leave because it's full of sectarian hate because the 12th of July has like an orange walk which is like so like if you think Belfast like it's kind of like if you're like Protestants and Catholics oh god you okay. like that like I'm not I'm not really interested in anything like that so it was a good day to leave like just just bigots everywhere and I was like right I'm, I'm out of here it means I can just be like right Fantastic! You leave you all behind. I'm going to Japan, so um, it was a good day to leave. But uh, KLM messed the flights up and cancelled the flight, so I was raging. I was like, I remember because uh, my job with like running a personal training business had to put on hold for three months, and I was operating out of gym. And I'd said, "Oh, it's like all the goodbye. See you in three months." Blah blah blah. <laughs> and I steamed <coughs> to the gym at like three in the afternoon just raging and like what are you doing back and I went the flight was cancelled and just started smashing out sets <laughs> of like squats and deadlifts and then like the next day the, the flight was all but the zero one experience was it was it was great we, it, it was a huge learning experience and it's not even a wrestling experience like a life experience because when even like travelling getting the coach from Narita into Tokyo you are in another world you are literally looking like if this is an alien city I am here because it's, it really is so alien it's so different to anything <coughs> in the western world even though it's becoming a little bit more westernised but you know you're just looking at all these huge skyscrapers and you're like this is like something out of the matrix it really is and all the look like the kind of motorways and highways going Looping crossing there. over each other so it, that was that was cool just to be there and it felt comfortable like I know a lot of people and you you hear a lot of interviews and shit interviews and like oh I can't wait to go home I'm so so homesick for a two week tour I loved it like I totally embraced it and could have stayed there for a whole year if, I, if I'm being honest because I, I, I really loved the lifestyle um, how long was you out there? I was out there for just over just over three months <coughs> uh, and it, living in the dojo like most days like I, I, I went a really good time because I caught two of their big tournaments. Um, uh, they'd done like a heavyweight tournament, the Fire Festival, and then uh, in Tenkaichi, I think it is, which is the junior weight tournament as well. And the houses were all great for it. Like they've not been doing great so much recently, but the, the houses then were they were just phenomenal. Like especially the Curricon Hall ones, um, and the whole tour was like it was great because like so in the the heavyweight festival was like Daisuke Sakamoto, Kohei Sato. Masato Tanaka, Shinjiro Otani, uh, Goshi Ozaki was on it. Um, trying to think who else, Ryoji Sai, Kamikaze. So there was like a whole host of these great Japanese wrestlers, and like sometimes we'd be in like six mans with them, so you yeah, get yeah. To, to pick up or tag matches. Um, I had like uh, like the odd singles match with like one of the other Gaijins or or whatever, one of the Japanese younger boys. And uh, but just getting to second every night was just an experience yourself because you were just watching and you were just picking up and learning. I remember watching like, uh, like I'm a huge Dice Dice Sakamoto fan. It was just really good to to see the like just different things that he would do and the way he would do it. But one of my favourites to watch was Goshi Ozaki. Like, I was nice. just thinking like I would love to see like more of Shiozaki versus Nakamura because they both get that kind of swagger. Yeah. 
it's just a match I would really I'd love to see in like a WWE because I think they could tell like a really great story but it was cool to watch that and then just even learning from like the other guys like like Gresham was there twice actually like when I was there he kind of went away come back and then like I had already had good pals over there like uh, Jordan Devlin Maxer was there it was just a laugh man it was the it was like the best three months ever like I still credit okay that as like some of the best times ever and uh, you just like hanging with your mates and wrestling yeah it was great wrestling. you know we were getting paid for it like it wasn't great money but you're still getting paid for to, it and you're in you Japan know? and you're in Japan and just going about and exploring and just uh, just a whole different culture and eating some crazy stuff <laughs> I have no clue so like, to this day I'm certain I eat dog's testicles I'm certain <laughs> like uh, Yokoyama one of the, the young boys who went oh please eat please and I was like what is this I mean I was looking at it and it looked exactly what it was and I was like oh Christ and obviously it's rude not to try it so I ate it and I was like this is exactly the way I thought this would taste and oh, feel really? and I was like uh, and then he please what is this and he was like oh, dog testicle and I was like no fucking way is this a dog's testicle I still don't know what it was because I kept asking him and he just would laugh and I was like oh well so <laughs> um, but the wrestling experience was was great I got to wrestle in Curricane Hall which was one yeah, to check off amazing, the list yeah. I would love to do it again and again um, and just I, like it was more like picking the brains of like uh, Tanaka I know Tani guys that I've watched for years especially with Tani that he would watch a lot of the younger guys and, and give a bit of feedback and then like there was one night on the, the loop of the fire festival like Tanaka just went oh please you, you call the match tonight which was great like yeah. it was just like um, because you watch your second and you know we pick up on all their kind of their little, little video, spots video the, and, and spots and that so that was great like that was a, a huge a huge compliment as well I was like oh brilliant that's great and uh, we'd done that one night and then the next night uh, we were doing the same thing and I was like do you think <coughs> okay to change it up a little bit he was like oh yeah please and then like just adding in a few more stuff so that was that was a lot of fun but yeah the whole Japanese experience was brilliant I'd love to do it again well when you came back then did you did you find yourself in the UK in a lot more demand because yeah because a little that, bit well yeah I, it, like I think people was like oh well that's uh, no one had really done it before like I, I know it was the first Scottish born wrestler to wrestle in Curricom oh, Hall which was, which was pretty cool like yeah. just a little bit of history um, I think uh, Darkside James had went out but something it didn't work out or something uh, I think he had to come home for like a family family thing but, which is cool um, but it was like more like the first Scottish guy to kind of go to Scotland, eh, go, to Scotland <laughs> go come from Scotland to go to go to Japan so yeah it's like it's, I think people started to, to take a bit more a few more English companies and, and things like that but I was still like looking back now like I I don't really wrestle like I did then if yeah, you get me so like uh, I still try to find my feet a little bit like it's it's only maybe in the past couple of years that I've found like what I think works for me and, and my style so at that point I think like when I come back I was like I know Jackie and like maybe Mark will tell you like it was a bit more intense I was like no it needs to be done this way and like you know like just try to take it even more seriously yeah. and it's like I think the best thing is when you just look back and chill out and just you know let it let it flow and 
be organic. Yeah, yeah. I think, like, at the time, like, I remember, like, when the Cusgredo had started, like, all his thing. And Just take like, off, yeah. I remember me and Mark put this, like, big shoot promo, we're like, oh, yeah, this is a joke and all that. It's like, looking back, I was like, it was what it was and it was how we felt at the time, but, like, we didn't really feel like it. I've always been, I've always been a huge Cusgredo fan secretly yeah. and I always put it over, like, I always used to tweet, uh, Grado got oh, thanks for the house because <laughs> he did he, he drew like a huge huge audience and you just have to look at, at where he is now and I'm a huge fan of him like he's just so entertained and love the fact that he's attracted an outside audience to to to, to wrestling in general and uh, essentially Scottish wrestling but um, yeah at that point I was just like coming back and I was just trying try to be super serious and I don't think it worked you know I, I, looking back I don't think yeah, it worked yeah. I was like trying to do just like even now like with the the Iron Man thing like I, I think every element or every match there should be just even the slightest element of something comedy do you know what I mean like just something a little bit to be light-hearted so that when you transition into when it gets a bit more breakdown yeah, yeah. you know like it's like ah and then it's just boom and then it's that moment like oh I, I know, no I totally agree because I think that's one of the reasons why uh, Generico or Sami Zayn works so well in the Indies because he was this comedy character yeah. who was able to switch to fighting spirit towards oh, the end of course, and like, I think that's why he was like he appealed to two sides of the yeah. coin which I think was like, even that, like that match with Ibushi like you know what I mean that's just like the one yeah. that he done the kind of D, was it DDT it? and Shikara type thing like as a mix is it the Shikara the Shikara yeah, yeah the Shikara. is it the four way that ends with them two uh, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah and it was just like like it was just the way amazing like the way he could just switch gears like that and just go and it was like you were just like oh it was like one of those kind of sequ- sequences that you didn't want to end type yeah, thing yeah. so um, but yeah I think it was a lot a, very much a different a different wrestler um uh but I, I, I'm glad that I've done that because it's just trying to find something something that works, I think. And I think everyone's like, you always see guys like when you're watching and you can see it's not quite working, but it, you've got to you've got to give it time and patience, you know, to yeah. see to to let things play out and making mistakes is half the fun. It like is. I think I'd, I I not so much nervous now, but like I used to be like, Oh no, what if it just doesn't go to plan? And it's like, well, if it doesn't go to plan, that's half the fun, you know? Like, I think I've had, had some fun matches where it's just like, let's see what happens. Like, I worked Tim Thatcher at ICW a few weeks back, and, like, his style is obviously very, you know, grapple-based, yep. and we can do whatever, and we just had something to go to at the end, like, very, very minimal. We just went, let's, let's see what happens, and that was half the fun, you know? Yeah. And the, the, the best thing is because you don't have anything to remember, so you're not panicked about it. I think I had one thing to remember, which was my entrance, and I messed it up. <laughs> <laughs> I went to run along and slide on the apron, and then like climb up the ropes and like take the mask off. And as I'd done it, I basically like overshot it, baseball slid under the the turnbuckle, and just sat there like lying back, like dead, looking up at the ceiling, going, "Well, he didn't teach me how to recover this <laughs> training." And I was just lying there, and then Simon, the ring announcer, come over and went you alright like through gritted teeth and I went I don't know how to recover from this and I was like give me a minute and I sat up like the undertaker and took the mask off and just spat water everywhere and I was just like this looks terrible <laughs> and I like, just got in the ring and pretended I tried to mean it and then like that chair was looking at me like 
Oh, interesting. That's different. <laughs> I think Thomas, the referee. No, it was Sean that was referee. He was killing himself laughing, going, "Ah, right, you fucked that. <laughs> and I was like, yep. <laughs> oh, that was good. That was good. Hey everyone, I just want to take a minute from our conversation this week to talk about our friends over at suplexapparel.com. Suplex Apparel is a clothing brand team of pro wrestlers consisting of Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, Dave Mastiff, Prince Devitt, you know, aka Finn Balor, Zack Sabre Jr., Gail Kim and Angelico. They just launched this wonderful winter range over at suplexapparel.com with exclusive t-shirts, hoodies, jackets, beanies and much, much more. It's a pro wrestling focused clothing brand for wrestlers and fans alike. And the best part about it is they ship worldwide. So no matter where you are, wherever you are, you can now dress like the best in pro wrestling. So be sure to head over to suplexapal.com and check out their wonderful, wonderful winter range. Thanks, Suplex Apparel. You've tore it apart. Well, you talk about the Iron Man, uh, the Iron Man thing. How did that come about? Because to be honest with you, I feel like I knew who you were, you were the wrestler. Yeah. And then when you started doing the Iron Man stuff, especially with the guitar and stuff, that's yeah. when stuff really started to pick up. And I was like, ooh, this is different. It, Joe's really starting to stand out now. Yeah, it all came from like literally one moment where I just shouted, I am Iron Man. <laughs> like, honestly, I actually put the. Was the, that at ICW? Yeah, I put the YouTube clip up uh, a couple of. about a year ago back, like, because I was watching it by me. How, how did that all start? I was uh, wrestling James Scott. We kind of went into we program James Scott or Dark Side, whatever you want to know. Him. Yeah. And uh, we went into a little program, and it ended with like a we had a couple of matches and like two two or three matches, and then it was like uh, he'd done an Ironman like a thirty minute Ironman previously, and then that that year came about, and it was like it almost became a like tradition for ICW's start of the year, their big show like the Square Go, and I'd been asked to do it, and I was like, yeah, sure, not a problem. So it was literally just that. There was no, like, I didn't start building up as, like, I am the Iron Man or something. I think it was just we'd locked up, tussled. He'd pushed me back or something. I'd done a similar switch that pushed him into the corner. And I had watched Wolf of Wall Street at the time. And for some reason, that whole... Uh, uh, I was like, ah, that's cool. I want to use that. I don't know where I can use it. But I just started beating my chest and went, I am Iron Man. And then just organically... It just must have been one of those lightning in a bottle once the crowd just started coming with like the Black Sabbath. And I just went, oh, that's interesting. Like, I was like, right, okay. So, eventually, like, a couple of months down the line, you're like, it, like, anytime if I just started to go like that, like, it's a great segment. Yeah. Like, it just comes with it, which uh, is something that no matter how many great wrestling matches I have or how how many great sequences or whatever indie standoff wrestling moments you can't buy something where all you have to do is like raise a hand or do something like that and you get a reaction yeah, so of course. Um, I was really kind of glad that I stumbled upon that really and then like even thing like the entrances and stuff like that it was hard because like uh, Fergal or Finn had started doing this, the face paint and the, the body paint yeah we talked about it like because I'd started painting my eyes black because uh, previously before the Iron Man thing I was doing like I was a really like pissed off character because I snapped my Achilles tendon and I was really pissed off at wrestling for it because it it, it wasn't my fault I know it's a bit Gene Snitz like, <laughs> I felt as if it wasn't my fault because there was a shoddy ring and there'd been okay. a lot of kids but we can talk about yeah, that we'll in a second that, yeah. um, 
So I was doing this really uh, darker character and I was talking about the seven deadly sins of wrestling. It's something I would actually love to come back to because I didn't finish it. I didn't even get started with it. Um, I just thought it was something really interesting. And I didn't even think of like when Raven was doing that. It was just something totally different. Yeah. I had a lot of great ideas and uh, when I was injured I had a lot of time to think about stuff like that. Um, but what, I'd started painting my eyes black and a lot of dark shadow and kind of looked like the Cal Drago of like Game of Thrones. Oh, I, yeah, yeah. Never well, even, I, can, I can see that. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, I, yeah. I've never even seen Game of Thrones really. I've seen like maybe the odd half an episode, so I didn't really have an idea. People were like, oh, it was a Cal Drago and things like that. Um, but I started like thinking, me and Mark we were tagging and we were kind of like, we need something like that the kids will re- relate to a little bit. And then we we're thinking about like Road Warriors and Ultimate Warrior and like done the kind of colourful like face paint we're using red black Got and it. whites and things and you know it was, it was just to try it out with, uh, in fact I'll tell you the first time I've done it it was at Triple X because you were there and I was wrestling Tyler it was like a good few years back now we're oh, talking yeah, like this, two or yeah. three years two but I was a wrestling I think you were I think you were there or were they still doing the old runnings and and I remember you were there anyway. I yeah, think that's the best place we met, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, oh, you had the uh, you had the uh, the press up boards because you were just yeah, yeah, just and that's yeah, right, yeah, that's right. Two shops and stuff, and I had done like some red and black. I looked like a really bad Adamant if I'm being <laughs> honest. But um, we'd start to play about with it then, and then like uh, with the bigger shows like around whatever I'd done like at Scotland, and then majority of the, the paint at ICW and things like I just started to look at the like comics and things because it's the kind of colourful characters and then like especially with the Iron Man like one of the big the first big ones that I've done was in that Iron Man match which I kind of done like a half Terminator face like it scratched and clawed and ripped off and then in the summer that was the one with the guitar so I think I'll do the Iron Man and I used to be in a band like years ago like and I can still play a bit of guitar and bass and What's it, what was the band called? Grind it was terrible man. What, what, was, what sort of music? <laughs> like thrash heavy metal <laughs> it was fun at the time don't get me wrong like we were 12 and 13 but um, probably the biggest pain in the arse to my parents and any of the other guys parents in the band because we'd like jam at each other's houses, house like. yeah. and it's weird because like at, at that time that's all I was into but now it's such an eclectic taste in music it's frightening like you can look at my iPod and it's like girls allowed to the clash to NWA to like it's the weirdest I feel wrestling as well wrestling just you'll hear like a uh, music video set to something that you don't particularly like yeah. the music will be so good yeah, yeah, yeah it'll get you pumped for wrestling so it's just oh, yeah, good music good music um, but I'd like just decided like oh that would be a cool entrance no I can't really remember a lot of people playing guitar in their entrance mm-hmm. something I'd like to do again it'd be pretty cool uh, and I just thought it would be work work well with like I think Joe Henry done a set like because he's in a band lost an audio and he'd done like a half time set and I asked like Joe can I use your drummer and he was like yeah not a problem I just wanted him to beat his foot on like the, the bass pedal yeah of course um, and I thought it would work really well and I'll just play guitar and then that kind of video got a lot of like YouTube yeah, and things yeah. like that so I thought it was kind of on to, to something there and that's how like the Iron Man thing kind of snowballed and it's kind of like taking its own thing but I don't I, I never it was never a thing that I would I didn't want the Iron Man to be like associated with any Marvel stuff and like, it just so happens that I've got the mask and that but I've done it up a little bit differently for me like as a brand building type thing I'm trying to like create it as like this is who I am like the Iron Man thing's more about like that fighting spirit the Iron Will like I'm I'm not going to break 
type thing. I got you. And like it's more a mentality rather than like some kind of just gimmick. Like I got you. Part yeah, of yeah, me and part of like the which, character. Which of course then goes back in the whole the Japan thing, fighting spirit. Yeah, and, and yeah, of course. Like I, I'm a huge believer and a huge. Uh, like follower of that ethos it's all about hard work I'm all, all about the graft I'll always show up with my working boots I'm not gonna phone I don't in. like phoning I phone it in like even when you do look out sometimes and it's really smaller shows and you're like oh god but you can't like <laughs> I think the professional in you when you just go through it it's like right these people have paid the exact same money that a thousand or two thousand people yeah, have so and that could make that kid's day or month or year or whatever, do you know what I mean? That might be the the only chance they get to see wrestling or something yeah. like that. Do you know what I mean? I, I look back when I was younger, I wasn't fortunate. I think I went to one wrestling show and my folks had got tickets by chance. And it was like WWF 1999 Attitude Adjustment Tour in Newcastle. And I was just, I'll remember that for the rest of my life. Yeah, do you know what I mean? And these kids... Uh, and, and whoever these fans might only get that chance so you don't want to leave a bad impression like I'd never like to leave a match and someone goes he he just was so didn't put any effort into his performance or you know well, so I'd, totally yeah yeah I'd, I'd hate that um, so I'm a huge believer in that kind of that ethos like you show up you work hard and you, you give everything you've got um, but as long as you're smart about it as well because we've all done a bit some stupid stuff in matches and you just go, I wish I hadn't done that. <laughs> a, bit, a bit too much. Was that hurt, yeah. 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 Well, you talk about hard work, then it must have been very difficult for you when you say that you you tore your Achilles and it, yeah. it, wasn't, it wasn't anything to do with you, it was to do with something else. So. Yeah, yeah, I mean, the matches online, if anyone ever wants to check it out, it's against Johnny Moss and it's not a thing that he done because he is the, the, the biggest professional in the world. It was just something that Biggest happened. being the biggest. <laughs> just absolutely jet, brother. <laughs> um, but, like, uh, so, uh, who was out beforehand? Oh, yeah. Like, this is, again, why I'd, like, was raging at Grado and as, as if it was his fault it really it was nothing to do with him it was the promoter at the time did not get like the boards checked and everything so Grado and Eugene had been, had been out and had a match and I was like after the break but they brought like 50 kids into the ring like, like come on in let's have a party and jumping up and down to like Grado's music and things like that the ring crew hadn't put the boards back I mean they just separated so all the wooden like there was um, two metal beams exposed because that's how that's how I exactly done it and uh, I know the guy whose ring it was was raging because he was like all oh, these kids will be dragging dog muck through my through my ring and everything so he was raging and I went out and the ring felt okay at the time I remember I'd done something that was like was beaten uh, John back into the corner and then I was doing like running to buckle to do the British boot up yep. and charge him with an uppercut as I ran and done the British oh uh, yeah that was it I ran done the British boot uh, uppercut and was charging across the ring so halfway through the ring I felt it like so the the beams the mat was exposed the beams exposed and it was like a kind of valley like this small little valley and then the two beams and as I'd done it like like I kind of, I don't know what you can see, like you dorsiflex and put down, so like, no one, no one, no one will be able to see this, but like as I was running, like that, I got you, so you, your toes in the heel, heel went into the whole, the whole thing, like just snapped, like clean snap, like, 
I can't remember even hearing it, but I just was like, oh, what, what's going on here? And then it was like, I just Did you just hit the... No, I, I, I like I kept like I kept running, but it was just no pain had set in yet. It was just I was like, oh, I don't know what's going on here. Like it, it was one of those weird moments. I was like, I, I was just instantly tuned out. I was like, shum, something's not right. And John moved out of the way. I hit a splash in the corner. He germans me, German, and I, kept, I was shaking my leg. I was like, something's not right. I was like, John, I broke, I broke my leg. I broke, was it? I, was it numb? Yeah, it was just, it was weird. I can't even really describe well, it. Well, when I took the kick off Sabre and the, the angle fracture, I hit the floor. And yeah. I was just like, I can't feel my foot. Yeah. Where's my foot gone? Bizarre. Yeah. yeah. With, you, did you do the shoulder in the same match? That yeah, was the same, yeah, both. Was that from the... the... Uh, so I did the ankle uh, off right. the kick. And then, of course, did three dives, which probably caused the second fracture, probably because it was a stress fracture. Oh, right, because I thought it was the... Was it the fourth... Was it a 450 you done? Uh, I, I then went on to hit a 450 and a moonsault on the, on the ankle. You're mad bastard. I don't know how, but in my head, I must have gone, everything's fine now. Yeah. So, as I went to do the running shoot start press, I went up in the air, and then, because of that, I only, only got to push off the left foot. Right, right, went right. Up, right. couldn't rotate, couldn't rotate, so in my head, I thought, I'll spin. Yeah. So as I spun, shoulder first to the floor. Oh, the and it's amazing. You know, for some people who say, oh, you can't carry on. Well, I put it this way. See, in football, you get substituted. See, in rugby, you would get substituted. But no. In MMA, it would be a doctor's telling yeah. not. I don't know why I'm doing the things. Like, it's nope, stop, stop, stop. Uh, you can't carry on. You're fractured, whatever. But no, in wrestling, you have to keep up going on because it is a, you know, it's a performance. And, you, and I, I just... Going back to that, I didn't like it. So I was going, John, I think my leg broke. And he was like, right, right, right. We'll just roll out to the floor and we'll take home. Luckily, it was a false count anywhere match. And that was a huge, like, because we had a kind of couple of matches back and forth. And he was the villain. I was the big baby face. And then it was well, a big payoff with, with this false count anywhere match. So luckily, it was that. And I think the next bit was he goes for the German suplex but I gave him the elbow and I jumped up to the second to do a springboard crossbody and that's when I felt it oh god so I jumped up to do the springboard and as I swung I just it looked like a kind of jump shoulder tackle because I just like you couldn't push off I was like oh shit and then done it and I was like oh that's it rolled out the ring and then I think John said like something like a, some kind of slam and he was just going to pin me and as he slammed I just kicked out went nope just <laughs> start going on for another, you mean for another ten minutes, all over like it's it was in Kilmarnock Grand Hall and it was all over the place and like we we're trying to fling each other over the balcony and teasing that. And you limping always? Oh, it's like really like if you watch it, it's like the like, it was the worst pain. Um, we goes in blah blah blah, and I think I think I think John was over. Oh no, I, I was. We changed it. I think John was supposed to be up with the tombstone on like the stage. But he climbed up and I think he went cha- the change of finish like type thing. We, we think it was like a big beel off, like a steps. And yeah. That was it. So that like, and can't say thanks enough to John for helping me out in that position. But when I got backstage, I was pissed. <laughs> and like took my boot off and I remember I felt, I, I knew like I've got a quite good understanding of my body. Like I know when P-P-P-P, something's up yeah, of course. and what's, what's, uh, you know, where things should be, where things shouldn't be. Took my boot off and just felt behind the, my ankle like and obviously your Achilles is like it's almost like a ruler like a like a yeah. you know that kind of smooth kind of curve up and solid it was just jelly and I was like oh god I was like I know what I've done and I was like it was more the fact 
that in my head I knew it as soon as I'd done it I went this is going to be months like this is this is serious this is, a, this is going to be months and I was really really angry about it went up the road and then I was supposed to be working a show the next day and had to postpone and that's what I was really annoyed about because I don't like missing dates yeah. and I, I, like, I think I might have cancelled like once or twice in my seven years one was because of a flight that that was delayed you know and I couldn't do anything yeah. about it and the other was was that so I was just I remember sitting there's actually a picture of there's a couple of pictures of me sitting I think Mark took a picture just to send to my mum I was sitting on the edge of a hospital bed with a cast on and I'm gutted and raging at the same time but the good thing was like again that fighting spirit and you know the next day again straight in the gym weighted chin ups everything like I was just already focused and trying to to get back to to where I was because yeah. I'd picked like after that it was after it was literally like the Christmas that I came back from Japan so I got back from Japan in October so I was picking up momentum and it probably kind of came at a worse time and I had a tryout and everything it was really it was a good good couple of months and then so uh, it's just it's one of these things that you can't, you've got to come back strong and no doubt I'm sure yourself will come back stronger and better from and you just use it as, as fuel like especially now I'm actually sitting with a banged up knee like I don't know if you can see like, this is well, really, quite swollen this is quite... really swollen like it was actually really worrying the other day like so I've done the springboard crossbody and uh, my knee pad had slipped down and just the impact and it's full of fluid so I'll just, I mean, I've just been icing it. It'll be fine, yeah, but it's course, just the yeah. impact. But, like, I, I won't be able to train legs, probably, or lower body for about a week. And in my head, I'm like, oh, I'm raging now. But, like, if I was to do a leg session yesterday, I'm like, oh, thank God. <laughs> but you kind of take a step back and then appreciate, you know, like... Prioritise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though it's, like... Like, in some people's cases, like, you know, if someone's in a wheelchair or have some kind of disability or, you know, maybe the don't have like some kind of limbs yeah. you know like you, you appreciate it and things like that so I'm just like it's not so bad you know what I mean it could be worse so yeah. it kind of puts things into perspective injuries anyway so yeah of course yeah. with the Ironman then of course it was uh, you had the injury came back then the Ironman thing mm-hmm. took off and, they, and you really then when did you know that you really started to gain momentum in ICW because of course you had the big build up to the match in which you, you finally won the belt yeah so when did you know that that was kind of happening? When was the momentum really? Well, it's taken. It's taken a lot. Of, you know, the the story in ICW, especially like, uh, it took a long while to build up. But like, it wasn't like, oh, it's taken forever. Like, it was just the way it naturally progressed. Like, I had a match against Drew Galloway in the Battlelands, uh, not this year, maybe last 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 year, I think it was, and uh, it was for for the their heavyweight title and it'd obviously become a world heavyweight title at the time there was a whole buzz about it but in that match like I think Drew had just signed for TNA so he's obviously going to get some kind of for some reason fans just don't take to any guy signing for TNA I don't know why do you know what I mean like I don't 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 do it as well yeah well that's the thing that's something I don't understand is like surely they'd want people to do well and get more exposure for their their own home company do you know what I mean but it is what it is like it it worked anyway because Drew took over the more aggressive even though he was kind of like you know he's, he's Drew like a big baby face as well essentially yeah. but like he's obviously now playing a great villain character but he started to and kind of knew then because you know, a good 90% of the Battlelands a famous venue in Glasgow were just singing the Iron Man chant and Got the mighty wrestler thing that just came out of nowhere as well which again was another like weird moment like 
when people just started chanting, or he's a wrestler, mighty wrestler, to the, <laughs> the jungle, uh, the the kind of Lion King, mighty jungle yeah, type yeah. thing. So that was cool. But it was then I was like, I, I've got something here. Like I can I can run with this and and add elements and dimensions to to the character because I think that's the the thing as well. We've got to show some kind of emotional range. You can't just be you know Mister Wrestler all the time. And it comes with. I've got a lot more comfortable talking. I think as well. Like I didn't really get a lot of time to talk because I was like, oh, I'll let my wrestling do, do the, the talking. talking. You know, yeah. when I come back from Japan, it's like, oh no, my wrestling will do the talking. But um, I think then when I started to get promo time and uh, I, I then I started putting on good matches. Like I felt as if it was comfortable and just trying to build on that. And every time I go out to wrestle, it's just trying to build and build and just keep on trying to have as good match as you can essentially um, but with even like like just building it was more the fact getting out and about and with other companies and stuff like that like I as much as I've got home companies I like to think of myself as as myself I'm not somebody's property pro- yeah I'm not somebody's product and that is the, the beauty of independent wrestling I like I like like I, I, I kind of lone wolf in that respect like I like to do my own thing and I like to to wrestle for as many companies as possible and you know wrestle as many different people with many different styles as possible because as I said like like the guest seminars that is that is how you learn you know I've picked up a few things and I'm like oh that's interesting and the way certain people do stuff and like the way you know there's different structures and everyone has their go-to structure but sometimes like when you mesh it it, you know it it works yeah of course yeah like I, I wrestled Josh Bodham last night for the first time and we'd had this idea to go out and, you know, do a bit of free wrestling at the start, but, like, with his character, like, he pie-faced me straight away, and I just slapped him across the face, and I was like, right, let's go for it. And it was great, because it was natural, and it was organic, and it was good, and it felt what the crowd wanted it, you know what I mean? Like, sometimes, like, although, as performers, like, you should maybe be dictating what what's going on, but sometimes they just, you know, you've got to go with what, you've got what's in demand, so, like, let's, let's do it, if that's, if that's the way we want to go, then... And that's it. Um, but yeah, like how it's like not just being stuck for one company. I think as a as a professional, as a wrestler, you have to go out, adapt to different environments and pressure situations. And I think that's how you grow essentially, yeah. you know, and, and learn. And that's that's the biggest thing. It's like there's constant room for learning in in this job. So yeah, yeah. I, I like to finish up these off with mm-hmm. uh, saying. If you were to give your former self advice, or if you were to give anyone who's coming to the business now advice, yeah, what would it be? I think if I was to sit with myself, would be don't rush things. As in, like, don't think, <laughs> you know, you're going to be this like WWE superstar. Like, because I, I remember uh, NXT got bought off SWA. NXT originally was uh, con- the concept of Adam Shame. Who is coach trip here? He, oh, right, okay. He, like he come up with NXT. What? Yeah, like this. Do you not know this? No. So, right, so just so we'll go, we'll go. I'll go, go wrap this up. But like, uh, so he come up with NXT. It was SWA NXT, and I don't know. I remember the the moment like when I was on like e wrestling news and it said, "Oh, WWE turned new show NXT." And I messaged Demo going, "Have you seen this?" And then like I, he got back to me because it was like three in the morning, and then like the next day, like about nine one went what's going on here? And then like, 
conscience who was the SWA owner like got they got in contact to basically buy the name NXT off of SWA. So like and that yeah, like it was it was really weird. So all that when I don't really know the ins and outs of it, but essentially that's where the NXT and looking at it now I bet you they're kicking themselves now if they'd maybe hold on for a couple of more bucks or whatever. <laughs> but um that is originally where that came from. Like I'm if you look in the wiki page or whatever, I'm pretty certain that's this was. And quote, like Adam, Coach Trip will tell you that's that's where it all come from. If you ask Mark Jackie, like yeah. that's where it all came from. But the reason I brought that back to is giving myself advice, my former self advice was John Laurinaitis came to the training school to check, like if you like that was kind of part of the agreement, like to, he would come and okay, check people out. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I was nowhere near ready, but like. I was like really, really nervous about it. Like, oh, I have to impress. I have to impress. And I think, especially the more I've wrestled, uh, more Japanese veterans like Suzuki and stuff like that, they're always saying, "Relax." You know, I wrestled uh, Ioki from All Japan, and like, I'm a lot more comfortable with that now. Like, I think maybe back if it was then, I'd be freaking out because he's Japanese and we don't speak the same language. Yeah. But now, I think I've learned to more re- relax, and I think that would be. The, the biggest piece of advice to my to my former self would be just relax, take your time. Like every veteran will say to yeah. you, do you know what I mean? Like, but I really would hammer it home. Like, just relax, take your time, and just enjoy what's coming. Like, don't think about the future too much. Like, embrace the the present. Do you know what I mean? And especially now, because the UK scene and independent wrestling in Scotland, England, Ireland, Wales, Northern Ireland is. You know, there is something special yeah. here and it's a time where we should be embracing it now and relaxing and like obviously working hard but just concentrate on now and don't worry about the future just now, just keep on doing what you're doing type thing. I think that's something I've been told throughout my wrestling career, just keep yeah. doing what you're doing, just keep doing what you're doing. And I think I would have to, to, to leave that now with if I was to I've done like a couple of seminars and stuff, like I've not done a lot of seminars, I've done like maybe two or three. Um yeah. But like one of the things is just just be prepared to work hard. You know, if you work hard, you will. It's all about the graft, and it's all about how much you're willing to put in. You know, you have to invest in yourself. Yeah. Whether that be gear, as in wrestling gear, that is, and not the other stuff. That's not my cup of tea or whatever. No. But it's just whatever, just rest, good wrestling gear. You know, find a reputable training school is one of the things that you're always told and. You know, you should look at the credentials of your trainer and um, you know, just be be prepared for a bit of pain as well, you know, and just be willing to sacrifice and make sure this really is what you want to do. Um, because if you're going to put all that time and effort in and then a couple of years you decide you don't want to, then that's two years of your life wasted. Yeah, I mean, that is essentially like, it's your life, so you don't want to waste it, but this is something that I love doing and have a passion for, so it's a pleasure to do it, you know? So yeah. that would be probably one of my main things to say to, to the trainees. And one major thing is don't... And it's hard because we all get frustrated. Don't use the internet as a place to vent <laughs> because it will just come back on yeah. you. So um, that would be a bit of advice, more modern, because in the past like several years, it's Twitter, Facebook, yeah. Instagram, blah, 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 blah. You know, see people get a bit pissed off, but you know what? Like I kind of got that five by five rule. If I'm not going to worry about it in five months or five years, then why bother? Yeah, why bother 
worrying about it. Do you know what I mean? Like, especially like if you read, like I read a, a review recently of the last Progress show, and it was like me, myself, or sorry, myself, Marty, Pete, and Trent, and I was the only baby face, and I was like, oh, Joe Coffey's not a strong enough baby face to be like the ba- the main baby yeah. face in this match. And I just kind of fell like between, well, 700 people will tell you different when all I had to do was raise my hand and they started singing the uh, Iron Man Exactly. But at the end of the day, like, there's no point in getting caught up in this stuff because it isn't going to matter in five hours, let alone five years or five months or whatever. So I think that would be a huge thing. It's like, don't, you know, you should treat social media as almost like a poker game. Don't show your whole hand. Ah, good advice. Don't give yourself away. You know, just yeah. keep keep a persona, keep professional, and you know, don't you know, keep the fans guessing. Like my favorite film is The Prestige. Like okay. so, and I think there's a lot of parallels in wrestling. And like one of the kind of taglines for that was like, "Are you watching closely?" And I think that is like I don't think we should let everyone into our lives. You know, just keep them guessing a little bit. You know, because there's you know what, give yourself away because then when you're giving yourself away what's left of your character so yeah, you want yeah. people to kind of keep asking questions yeah yeah. I think it's really good where can, they, where can they find you on the interweb uh, on the interweb I'm on twitter at joe underscore coffee um, my facebook page which I will just double check because <laughs> it's uh, doubled up as a kind of uh, personal training and wrestling page uh, on instagram I am at joe coffee 88 and on Facebook, my page is, sorry this is taking so long, I've just missed about a million missed calls and stuff, but uh, it's JCPT and Joe Coffee Wrestling Official, and like I also put like things like workouts, recipes and things like that yeah, up cool. there, so it's just if anyone is, especially there's a winter recipe for a sweet potato pumpkin protein pancake oh, that I always visit and I always redo because it's, it's, it's pretty tasty. And that is uh, that is where you will find me on social media. Fantastic, Joe! It's been an absolute pleasure. Absolute pleasure. Thanks, and good luck, and let's rehab it together. And we'll hopefully, because I don't think we've had a single we've match yet. Single match. So I'm looking forward to that. that. Really good. Excellent, Joe. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. Thanks. How great was that? Fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Not even going to try to hide from this anymore. It's somehow become my little catchphrase on the show. Just seem I do seem to say it a lot. But yeah, absolutely fantastic. Joe and me have known each other now a couple, good couple of years. And he's always I always love sitting down and chatting with Joe. And this was no different. Popped onto ICW. Had this lovely conversation. Of course, absolutely brilliant. I just loved hearing Joe's passion. I love saying it as well. I loved hearing Joe's passion coming through the conversations talking about his time in Japan, shared our love of Jonathan Gresham. If you, if again, if you haven't seen Jonathan Gresham stuff, go check him out. I'll hopefully get Gresham on the show at some point. And you know, Chris Brooks has sung his praises. I'm singing his praises. Joe Coffey's sung his praises. The guy's absolutely incredible. Go check him out if you haven't seen his stuff. I know he's one of uh, Zack Sabre Jr.'s favourite opponents. So, yeah, if that doesn't say a lot, then definitely. But yeah, loved sitting there with Joe. Loved hearing the stuff about Japan. His uh, story as well, but in coming back from uh, tearing his Achilles tendon, sounded you couldn't see it, of course, because this is not a video. This is a podcast. But I was wincing, and the thought of the thought of him touching the back of his Achilles and it, it being, like he said, almost jelly, kind of went oh, went through me. But battled back through that, 
reinvented himself, came back as the Iron Man. And I think that, again, he's only now finding his feet. Uh, he's got a big match coming up in the next week or two with uh, Kurt Angle at the Hydro. He's had some absolutely big stuff happen down in What Culture Pro Wrestling. And he's become a huge mainstay as well with uh, Donald Brixen for uh, Progress Wrestling. So, yeah. I, if you if you haven't seen Joe's stuff, first off, you hiding under a rock. I keep saying this every week. I'm guessing a lot of you have. And I hope that uh, you know a little bit more about Joe now. And you can see why he really is one of my favourite guys to be around the locker room. And absolutely lovely. Great to spend time there. And I did pop along to a few more ICWs. Uh, in the week and I got to see Joe every single night so absolute pleasure really was but yeah thanks Joe you're an absolute darling next week's guest is Flying Mike Bird that's right Flying Mike Bird the Ginger Jesus Flying Mike Bird Uh, if a lot of you don't know this he was my trainer he trained me he trained Wildborn Mike Hitchman, he had a hand in training Mark Andrews, he trained Big Grizzly Steve Griff- Griffiths, he trained Danny Jones, he trained Splits McPins, he trained, I don't know, the man has had a hand in training, he had a hand in training Nixon Newell, he's, anyone who's come out of Wales in the last five years, five, five six years, has probably, some way, shape or form, gone through the Dragon Pro Wrestling Academy. And Mike Birds, up until about a year ago, was that head trainer there. He pushed forward and he did a lot down there. We go into that, we chat about that. But he's somebody that a few people have asked about getting on the show. And I did record this a couple of weeks back. So apologies when we do chat. He talks about some ICW matches, which have already happened, which have already done. But yeah, I wanted to uh, get a good steed and get a good foothold on this podcast before I put it in. But it's a lovely one. It is talks about his depression. He's he's not he's he doesn't bat away from that. He's struggled with depression. One of the reasons he's bowed away from the Dragon Pro Wrestling Academy, handed over to the very very trustworthy hands of the Wild Boar. And he just talks about that. And he talks about how he's used this and he's motivated these thoughts, these feelings into pushing his angle of becoming this post-apocalyptic Jesus-esque character. But it's 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 a real great one. It, we talk about the depression. We talk about how how much he loves wrestling. He's always been sporty. I'm, again, I, I'm going too much into it. It's just because I love I love doing these and I love to talk. I do. I love the sound of my own voice. So yeah, I'm not going to go into too much more detail, but we talk about this. Uh, any of you who are ICW fans, you'll definitely, definitely know of uh, Mike Bird and anyone who's uh, in dev, been in few endeavours. He hasn't made his uh, main state of progress yet. Uh, no doubt that will happen. Made his Rev Pro debut last week. So yeah, definitely, definitely check out that. It's a great one from somebody that I am, um, I've known since I've started the business because he is my trainer. So yeah, fa- absolutely fantastic. It is, it's great. Definitely, definitely watch out for that. Mike Bird, and the picture, yeah, I'm just going to say this before we before we finish this little bit up. The picture I have for me and Bird next week is probably the best Wrestling Friends picture I have. It really is. I'm not going to go into too detail and ruin it, but it's fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. So yeah, keep your eyes peeled for that. Of course, as always, if you have enjoyed the show, jump over to social media, jump over to Twitter at Flash underscore Morgan. Let me know. I love to see those tweets. Love to hear your thoughts. Love to hear your opinions. Really is great. Keeps these weeks, as I said at the beginning, flying by. Seems to be a blink of an eye, which is absolutely great. And keep those listens up because I'm hitting about a thousand a week, which I'm being told that's great. I'm really, I'd never expected to get that. A thousand a week is a thousand episodes. I know some episodes have gotten approaching the 2000 mark now, which is nuts i don't think we're far off the twenty thousand downloads 
so which is crazy i've only been doing this what three months so you guys are absolutely rocks so yeah please keep through those tweets keep listening uh maybe do it on the facebook as well drop me a post on there love seeing it but yeah subscribe review rate competition t-shirt competition still on over at itunes still on the facebook drop me a review drop me a five star rating dave melts that shit up and you could be entered, guaranteed, entered into a competition where you could win a t-shirt. Oh, hey, I might watch a few prints as well. Probably will. I've said it now. So, yeah, definitely, 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 definitely do that. But, of course, as well, if you do want to be a bit more discreet, maybe you don't want to send me a tweet. Maybe you don't want to put it on Facebook. Just want to let me know that you're enjoying the show. Jump over on the email, flash underscore, uh, got that wrong. Look at me, I'm getting too carried away. Flashmorgan at live.co.uk is the email, so please definitely put that, or maybe you want to be band of the week, like this week's band, Ash Mammal, they're absolutely fantastic, I'll go into a bit more detail in a second about that, then definitely, definitely do that, of course as well, if you do want to help support this podcast, you have enjoyed it, maybe it's your first one, maybe it's your, your 14th one, this is 14 I think, maybe it's 13, I don't know, maybe this is your, your 22nd, maybe you're listening from the future, I don't know, but, yeah, if you are enjoying it, two ways you can support us, as I've already said at the beginning, either jump over to morganwebster.bigcartel.com, pick up a t-shirt, pick up a print, pick up whatever, DVD is going to be out there, Resting Friends t-shirt, you're going to really love this, designed by one of my great friends, Alec Huggill. Yeah, you'll love these t-shirts, they look absolutely great, I'll get those up in the next week or two, definitely jump over and pick up something from there. Or, of course, this week's sponsor, suplexapparel.com. Jump over to their website. I'm going to speak to Joel next week, so we'll probably end up doing uh, releasing that podcast in a week or two. But definitely jump over there and check out the new winter range. Got some great stuff from Fergal Devitt, from Zach Saber Jr., Gail Kim, Adam Cole. The list goes on. Dave Mastiff. Loads, loads of stuff over there. Some real great stuff. Some formal stuff, some sporty stuff. The winter range is tearing it apart, as I said in the show as well. So definitely go check those out. So yeah, I think that covers everything, does it? Yep, checklist in my head. Yeah, it does, it covers everything. So I guess it's always left to say a big thank you to Joe Coffey for being on the show and this week's guest. Thanks, Joe, really does mean a lot. A big thanks to our sponsor this week, suplexapparel.com. Definitely, definitely go check out their winter range. Some of the stuff over there is absolutely gorgeous. I'm definitely going to pick up a few things when I visit Joel next week. So definitely go check out suplexapparel.com. Big thanks to them. But most importantly, big thanks to you guys. Because without you guys listening, well, this podcast wouldn't be possible. I say it every week, but it's true. And you guys really are helping these weeks fly by as, I'm, as I edge as I edge closer edge closer back to the ring. But yeah, thanks guys. Really does mean a lot. To play us at this week, we have a great band. Band of the week, Ash Mammal. With their song, Fresh Vein Skin. It's off their latest album, The Ghost We Caught on Film. If you do like these guys, go check it out. Lovely punk band. Definitely go check it out. I, I heard them. I loved them. And I approached them and said, I'd love to play your stuff. And they got back to me. And it really is a corker. So definitely check it out. They're on Instagram, Ash Mammal. They're on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Ash Mammal. And of course, Twitter, at Ash Mammal. So that's Ash, A-S-H, and Mammal, like, you know, we are mammals. So I'm a mammal. You're a mammal. We're all mammals. But of course, this is Ash Mammal. So it's all I have to say is it's always a pleasure. It's always a treasure. And this is Ash Mammal with fresh veined skin. Bye. Thanks for stopping by.
Oh, my mother's heart 